following is the scripture reading and sermon from our weekly worship at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. The first reading today is from Acts chapter 16. One day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune-telling. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days, but Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I order you, in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, These men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had ordered them to be beaten with rods, after they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors open wide, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights, and rushing in, he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. The word of the Lord. And now we'll read Psalm 97 responsively. The Lord is King. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and consumes his adversaries on every side. 
His lightnings light up the world, the earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all the people behold his glory. All worshipers of images are put to shame. Those who make their boast in worthless idols, all gods bow down before him. Zion hears and is glad, and the towns of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O God. For you, O Lord, are the Most High over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. The Lord loves those who hate evil. He guards the lives of his faithful. He rescues them from the hand of the wicked. Light dawns for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. The next reading is from the New Testament found in Revelation. See, I am coming soon. My reward is with me to repay according to everyone's work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they will have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. It is I, Jesus, who sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, Come. And let everyone who hears say, Come. And let everyone who is thirsty, Come. Let anyone who wishes take the water of life as a gift. The one who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. Gospel according to John, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me, I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one, as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may know that you have sent me, and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory which you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. 
Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, today we have uh, maybe a relatable prayer from Jesus today, where he just kind of seems to ramble on and on. I and you and you and me and he and him and I and there and over here and over there. Jesus just seems to keep going on and on. But sometimes I feel like that is what my prayers are like as well. I'm trying to say something and it just, for whatever reason, doesn't quite come out. And yet God hears us. And so today, as we conclude the Easter season and look to Pentecost next Sunday, June 5th, don't forget to wear red for that day, by the way, we conclude our season of Easter with Jesus praying. The past three chapters of the Gospel of John, Jesus is busy washing his disciples' feet, having a final meal with them, and giving them commands, instructions on how to live after he is gone, in particular to love one another just as he has loved them. And now Jesus ends this time as he gets ready to take his final steps towards arrest and the cross. He has a prayer. Jesus prays for his disciples who are there in that room with him, but if you caught it, he also prays for us. In verse 20, Jesus asks not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word. 2,000 years ago, Jesus prayed for us. I think that's pretty awesome and uplifting. And honestly, I need all of those prayers that Jesus has and that anyone else has to offer this week. I mean, I don't know about you, but I just feel heavy with the news and the events of the past week in our country, let alone around the world. I mean, in less than two weeks, we've experienced racist gun violence in a grocery store in Buffalo and racist gun violence in a Presbyterian church in California. There was a mass shooting again just this week at an elementary school in Texas, killing 19 kids and two teachers. There's just so much violence and hate. We've also seen independent reports from the Southern Baptist Convention outlining a, their culture of corruption that ignored and silenced women who were sexually abused by leaders for decades in the largest Protestant church in our country. And there's also the invasion by Russia into Ukraine causing unspeakable and senseless death and destruction throughout that country. And we get pictures of it on the news every night. And our, glo our globe is on the edge of a climate change disaster from our insatiable consumption of the planet's resources. And we just don't have the political will to do anything about it. And I know that we could keep going on. There's more and more in this world to get us down. I know even in your own lives. Each of you struggle with your own things, whether it's sickness and division or broken relationships or cancer or loneliness or whatever else it is that you are dealing with or those that you love are dealing with. Things can get heavy. Things can feel dark. So what do we do? 
How do we keep going? Now, I'll be honest. This is where I struggle with my role as a pastor. There are many things I feel called to say, but I know that there are pressures in the the congregation and in this world to not be too political. But today, I don't know what else to do or to say. So as your theologically trained and called pastor, there are a couple things I need to say. I feel like I need to stand here today and say that we have an idolatry problem in our country and in our church. We have many idols. One of them, guns. We are willing to make sacrifices of children and others for the freedom to have weapons whose only purpose is death. And Jesus, I think, has something to say about false idols. We have a violence problem where we have come to believe that the only way to stop violence and bloodshed is with more violence and bloodshed. And we have an issue with this false idea that to be masculine is to be only tough and to fight for anything we don't understand or disagree with. Jesus has something to say about this too. He calls us to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. We have a problem with health care where most people have to make financial decisions about their health due to a lack of the financial resources to pay for medical conditions that they have rather than getting the help and the medicine that they need. Jesus has a lot to say about greed and caring for people who are sick. We have a problem with justifying false information, conspiracy theories, and misinformation. Jesus had a lot to say also about how he is the truth and how we are to live lives worthy of the gospel. There is so much more, and I'm not saying that any of this is simple. Obviously, it's not. And I'm sure that you can think of many other issues that we struggle with as a church and a society as well. Now, if anything I said right then struck a nerve, I only request that you ask yourself why, and then together as a community, read our scriptures, our church teachings, and use our lens of faith through Jesus Christ to understand and to discern how God might be calling us to respond to a world that is hurting, to a society that is in need of help. Now, I was thinking about these questions, maybe as many of you have been this last week. What do we do? Why do these tragedies keep happening? And I read in our Acts text a question A question that was true 2,000 years ago, I think, for that jailer with Paul and Silas. But I think it's true and kind of boils down to us today. The question is, what must I do to be saved? And maybe we can add the plural into that and say, what must we do to be saved? We often just think about the eternal life component of being saved. And as long as we believe in Jesus, everything will be fine. But I think this question is a bit deeper. What must we do to be saved? What must we do to stop the violence? Paul and Silas responded to this jailer's question by saying this. They said, believe. Now, lest we think that that simply means come to some kind of logical um, understanding or acceptance of a set of dogma or belief, that is not really what believe means here in the Greek. The word believe is a form of trust. So 
when Paul and Silas say what, respond to the question, what must we do to be saved? They simply say, trust Jesus. And you, along with your household, will be saved. The act of faith and trust from one person can ripple out and touch the lives of countless others. This is like what Jesus is praying for in John that we read. After Jesus has spent those three chapters telling his disciples what's going to happen to him and how they need to love each other, Jesus wraps up with this prayer and takes these final steps toward the cross. And Jesus prays for the same thing that he's commanded them to, that the world would know that they are his disciples by their love for one another. Friends, our life of faith is not just for us as individuals to hold on to and to put our little Savior Jesus into our pocket so that we can feel good about ourselves. Our faith calls us to not keep Jesus in the walls of this building or the walls of our mind and our heart. The love of Jesus that dwells in us is not just for us to hoard, but it is for us to live out and to share in this world that is in dire need of it. The love of Jesus that dwells in us and is lived out through faith is for the world. And we don't share it by trying to establish some kind of self-righteous moral high ground or by simply complaining about how the world has changed and isn't like how it was when I was a kid. We live out Jesus' love that is in us through compassion, through relationships, through advocacy for those who, in our society who are ignored. We live out our faith. We live out this relational trust that Jesus has changed us and that Jesus can change the church and that Jesus can change the world. We live out that faith day in and day out. We live it out through that compassion, through the relationships we have in our lives, and through advocating for those who our society ignores. We do not gain our power through weapons or through political, governmental leaders, we have power that is God's love. And that is the force that the world, although often rejects and rebels against, is the power that this world needs, and it is the gift we have to offer. Jesus has prayed to God for us today that our love, or that God's love may be in us and that the world will see a new way of living because of our faith. So may we go out, may we love and care for one another, having faith, trusting that God will save us and that God can save the whole world. May we have faith that God is active in and through us and through the church and through others in this world. May it be so. Amen.